1: but we'll retire by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to their dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know.
2: Thank you.
0: Ciao. We are here today with Anthony Paunita and Kathy Scazzare, who relocated from Staten Island, New York, to Valfabrica, Italy. Before we begin, I would like to thank three Nancys. Nancy Kirsch, our dear friend who lives in Bayridge as well, who introduced us to this lovely couple. Nancy Steele, another friend we've made through our retired Their Podcast journey, who has a podcast and Facebook page called Affordable Italy, who will tell you, all the ins and outs of moving there, as she will very soon with her husband, Peter. And my dear sister, Nancy Chan, or Nancy Leapskin, who was a shoe buyer at Barney's at the time and who would travel all over the world, but mostly when she went to Italy, Milan, she would come back with a toy for Jean, who collects Topo Gigio's the little mouse on the Ed Sullivan Show. All right, let it roll. Check it again.
1: Valfabrica appears to be on the upper calf of the boot. It lies in the Perugia province of the Umbria region. Umbria is adjacent to Tuscany. It is located about 10 miles north of Assisi, home of the Basilica of St. Francis of Assisi, a UNESCO World Heritage Site.
0: Oh, I love those sites.
1: Valfabrica, a town of about 3,500 people, was created by the monks of Nonnatola and later conquered by the Papal States. The town seems to be remote and quiet, despite lying on a main road. According to ItalyThisWay.com, the whole area around Valfabrica is scattered with small and quaint medieval villages, such as Giomucci, with an ancient 11th century castle, Poggio San Dionisio, and Colamincio, dating from the late. 10th century. You'd never know I'm half Italian, huh?
0: Yeah, he's half Italian. (laughs) All he can say is pizza and pasta.
2: We're we're in the hamlet of Monteverde.
1: In this land, rich in historical and cultural traditions, there is also plenty to enjoy for lovers of nature, walking in the landscape still untouched and unspoiled in many respects and offering genuine local products of high quality such as truffles. You like that, girl? I
0: love truffles.
1: Cheeses. Homemade sausages and wines. Gil?
0: Okay. Anthony was born in New York and raised in East New York and moved to Staten Island, which is where I'm spending lots of my time these days after retirement. It is worthwhile to note, Anthony attended Brooklyn Tech High School, which is notable. Why is that, Gene?
1: I guess because you went there and our son went there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yay, Brooklyn Tech! Yay, Brooklyn Tech!
0: (laughs) Yes. I, too, am an alum of the prestigious public high school in the great borough of Brooklyn. (laughs) Anthony then earned his undergrad at the City University of New York. He is a writer, editor, blogger, journalist, and I'm sure I left off many other titles. In terms of writing, Anthony says he has done it all from writing about technology to reporting and editing legal affairs stories. He had a stint as an IT manager converting a 200-person newsroom to modern publishing technology and providing humane tech alternatives. And while working at those jobs, he wrote about both legal and consumer technology for American Lawyer Media Publications, which I read many of, and Business Week. Anthony is a freelance writer now covering everything from travel to law to tech. And he has an amazing website, which covers you know, since 2016. So I remember reading the first post like, we're going to dabble. We're going to say what we want, what comes to our mind. And boy, did it keep going. Good for you. Kathy Scozari was born in Staten Island, New York. She earned her degree at Brooklyn College, also part of the City University of New York, and then her master's at the College of Staten Island, which is where I am taking printmaking one, printmaking two, and soon printmaking three. And she also studied in Perugia. The couple has a blog called Not a Year, Not in Tuscany. Now, just imagine the word not is in parent. So it's kind of like a year in Tuscany, but then not, not. Okay. This is how they describe their lives in Val Fabrica. We're native New Yorkers who live in the central Italian region of Umbria. We're a journalist and an educator, parents of splendid young women and adventurers. We're American, Italian, and Greek. Umbria is a small central region in Italy adjacent to its famous neighbor, Toscana, or Tuscany, if you must. And that came from you guys, as Umbrians, we're duty-bound to sneer a little at our famous neighbor, though truth be told, we're pretty much alike. Tuscany is just a lot more manicured, is host to lots of Brits, but for how long, and has Florence, a city that's both beautiful and overrun by tourists, and just a tad cynical because of it. And that's not why Gil and Jean elope to Florence. (laughs) To marry, we didn't know about that part. (laughs) But we enjoyed the Duomo and all the pastries. (laughs) This blog is about what we do, says Anthony and Kathy, how we do it, and contains random thoughts for the hell of it. Expect to see a lot about food, people's lives, and travel, mostly in Italy and to other European destinations, such as Greece, France, and Spain. Hello, guys. Welcome to Retire There. So how did a couple of New Yorkers end up in Val Fabrica, Italy?
3: We have a very long history with Umbria and Perugia in particular, because back in the 70s, I spent a year here studying. Um, I was actually studying veterinary medicine oh. and um, made tremendous connections with a Perugini family who basically adopted me. <laughs> and oh, nice! We have kept this friendship going for more than over forty years. Wow! In fact, our youngest daughter we brought here when to be baptized in the fifth century church in in, um, in Perugia. So her, my friends, our friends could be the godparents. Just wow. it just this connection going. So we have a very long history here of this of being in this region.
2: Why Italy, you know, where I'm a pure Italian American. She's half Greek American, half Italian American. My father came from is was an Italian immigrant, moved to the United States not long before I was born. I was raised in a Sicilian family where people went back and forth a lot. They weren't like previous Generations of immigrants that once they went to the United States, that's where they stayed. My relatives couldn't make up their minds and kind of jump back and forth. And um, one of their, uh, I have an aunt and uncle who, one of their big conversational topics is, did we do the right thing? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, they always tell themselves that they did. That's so interesting.
0: Why Val Fabrica? We have
3: a small apartment in Perugia that we bought 17 years ago. So we could be, I spent the summers here and I was close to our friends because we got tired. We felt it was bad for us to always be staying with them when we would come. Uh, In 2015, our youngest daughter and two of her friends were staying with us in the apartment. It's only a three-room apartment. It's not. You know, it's not the
2: small three room apartment. And
3: we realized this is not going to work if we ever gonna If the kids want to come, or we, you know, they get married, or that boyfriend's. So I, we started this pursuit, and I've always really liked the northeast corner of Umbria. For me, it's the most beautiful, bucolic. So I just went online and did my uh, hunting and searching, and then in two thousand in the spring of two thousand sixteen. We came here. Um, Anthony was going to go to the, uh, he
2: hijacked a trip of mine
3: to the journal. <laughs> and we, we, we hooked up with uh, realtors and we saw um, properties. And this property just seemed to be the right one for us. And it was in Val Fabrica. One property we saw was in near Gubbio, and then another one wasn't really close to Perugia, and I didn't want to be far away from Perugia. So we, we we really honed in on this one, and we put in an offer, and they accepted, and that's how we ended up in Val Fabrica, 20 minutes from Perugia. So it's very easy for us to get to, you know, the big city. in <laughs> okay. So
1: why was the house right for you? Describe a little. How many bedrooms? What's the land like? <laughs> it's two.
2: it's, it's. A typical sort of suburban, rural Italian house, but it's it's got two apartments. And nice. each of them are about 1,700 square feet. Wow. Oh, nice. We figured it would be perfect because if we had guests, we could stash them downstairs. And, <laughs> uh, no, and, you know, we could each have our go in and out independently, really? or we could hang out together. It was, it was a way of... Sort of comfortably hosting people and being big enough for our needs as well. Yeah,
3: because the, um, the the two apartments they're interconnected because it was this house was part of a larger agriturismo a family-run uh, farm plus you know tourist and one brother. And his wife lived upstairs, and the mother and her daughter lived downstairs. And then they decided Mm -hmm. for various reasons that they didn't want to stay here because their property, they have several other houses. Mm. It, It worked out. So they're interconnected internally, but they can be closed off if we needed to. And because it's on a hillside, it's like having two ground floor apartments. So it really works well. Like We use the downstairs as sort of – it's our Harry Potter house. When well, we're upstairs in the winter, or we're just upstairs. But when we have guests, they, it expands that. their downstairs. There's two bedrooms and two bathrooms downstairs, and, and there's a big and the kitchen. kitchen. And so well, if we're going to be eating outside, we use that downstairs kitchen. Or sometimes when we're both cooking, we each have a kitchen.
2: cook. <laughs> 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 no. so, um. uh, Our living quarters up here feels like an urban apartment that happens to be in the country, and it's a little like a treehouse. Like right now, I'm looking out at uh, linden trees that are blowing very fast in the wind. In June, these trees smell like sort of like honeysuckle, and it's almost overpowering. It's like sitting in a vat of honey.
3: <laughs> and so it it really worked out well, and when our daughters come, I mean, there's just plenty of room. We've had up to eight guests, and not oh. even felt because we have one guest room up here, and he and he used another as a as an office, and and two bathrooms, and then downstairs we have two more bedrooms, and then there's this other room because they had a third kitchen. And, um, you know, we <laughs> use that as our, like, we have a little, like, bi- exercise bicycle, but we also have overflow bed in there just in case. <laughs> oh
2: so, it's Lord. just,
3: like, very easy to, to have people and not feel like they're on top of you. Yeah. And, and, and then there was this field, and we wanted to have a pool, so we were able to put a pool in. Wow. So it just really—it's like a resort for us. Oh my god! Never thought we would ever have, and yeah, yeah, uh, it's very special.
0: So was this very expensive? You can give us a range.
3: When we bought in 2016, Italy was still kind of reeling from the 2008 crisis,
2: and uh, prices—real estate prices—are still somewhat depressed. Mm-hmm. And especially in rural areas. So we spent significantly under 200000
0: Wow! Wow. Wait, so how many years wow. ago was that when you bought it?
1: 2016. Okay, okay.
2: Yeah, November 2016. Okay. But, closed.
0: but when did you officially make it your full-time home? This just year. this year. Oh, 2023. Wow. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we
2: still have to register with the town where we're... We're under the radar right now. <laughs>
0: okay. But okay.
2: I could go into the whole bit about Italian rules about residency and citizenship and all of that. We have Italian passports because of my dad. When I was born, he was an Italian citizen, hadn't naturalized yet. So I was entitled to both, wow. and I never made a choice. Okay. So back in the 90s, Italy liberalized its uh rules about recognition of citizenship. Okay. And they made it easier for descendants. It was really easy for me because all I had to do was prove that I was my father's son right. and my parents were married. And you know, and he was an Italian citizen okay. when I was born. So yeah. that it was real easy. And then Kathy got hers automatically, and our kids got passports as well.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. And and Kathy, do you have um, a Greek passport as well, or are you?
3: I just have the Italian. The other thing is, though, for people who are moving here, you can't get residency. We have a friend who did it. And so it's not, you know, you don't have to be a citizen to live here full time. Yeah, it's a little more paperwork. And,
2: and, And a lot more in terms of we never had to prove how much money we we make or any of that, right. and you know I could work, both of us could work here, if we wanted to. Most retirees come here on the, it's called an elective residency visa, right? And Italy's been tightening the rules lately, yeah. yeah. And um, some consulates are requiring a passive income of thirty one thousand euros a person. Wow. So, um, yeah, it used to be 31 and then 38 for a couple, but I don't know if it's the new government or just a the directive they've sent to consulates, but some people are finding it a little harder to get residency.
0: Yeah. Lately. yeah.
1: In the countryside where you live, you think you can still get a, a decent house for under 200,000?
0: Oh,
3: absolutely.
1: Oh, you can.
0: Really?
3: Absolutely. It depends on how big a house you want. It also depends on the condition of the house. Sure, sure. Um, This house needed some infrastructure upgrades, which we did electrical and water. And we put in maybe 20,000, not including the pool. That's a separate thing because Mm -hmm. that was not necessary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But so nice. um,
3: But... (laughs) It then so but you can absolutely buy something for under two hundred thousand.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and what, what would you what would you get though? N- not the size of yours, but what a two bedroom maybe?
3: You, oh, you could get a two or three bedroom for in fact a friend of ours who was looking looked at a house that was about two thousand square feet, I'll tell you in of meters, and it needed work, but it was hundred and ten thousand. Oh Wow. Nice so it even but if it you came
2: know, with lots of land. olive trees and mm-hmm. you know, grapevines but
3: it, it would need it would have needed maybe 50,000 to mm-hmm. upgrade because it was an elderly couple that lived there forever right so i would say that for about 150 160,000 it was about a 2000 square foot house okay so it, it, you know that's it's very affordable
2: mhm mhm you know. The land itself is not expensive. It might be because after the war, you know everyone wanted and even in recent decades, the young people not having jobs out in the countryside gravitate to the big cities. yeah, even here, the high the kids in high school take the bus into Perugia to to go to school. Oh. Um, it's just a mindset. About what's valuable. Yeah,
3: and the other thing is that if you wanted to build – you have to find land that not all land is buildable. But <clears> if <throat> it has a ruin on it that you could knock down, then you can build on it. But if there is no ruin, it, it, you can't just buy a couple of acres somewhere and build a house.
2: Yeah, they or discourage suburban sprawl. <laughs> but you could yeah. build
3: a brand new house for 150000 wow, So if nice. you find a piece of land that's buildable, because right. it had some rubble ruin that you could knock down, and there are rules about how big it could be, but you could probably build a house from start to finish for one hundred fifty thousand. Wow! Okay. So that, that's what people really want to be adventurous. We didn't want to go <laughs> there.
1: You, you said you did some work on the house. Was it hard finding a contractor, a good contractor?
3: Not at all. Our architect that we used was in town when we wanted the pool built. I kind of threw the gauntlet down, and I said you know i know this is italy and um things a long take time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the united states we could have a pool this year this is we were been talking to him like the spring after we had bought the house i said you know in a month we'd have a pool not, not true but i lied <laughs> and, um, in a month we'd have a pool you know but i know we probably won't get it till next year he goes we can do it we can do it in five weeks no Five weeks. He and we went back to the United States. He oh. oversaw he was our general contractor. Wow. He got different, different things. All we had to do is write the checks. He got different, you know, people mm-hmm. to do different excavations and all that. And um we had the pool in five weeks. He's such oh. a good
2: guy. He's, he's our in-town resource. Like if we um I developed asthma past couple of years. And I said, so who's the best doctor in town? And he, you know, told me who it was. And when we wanted to, um, our bank account, Italian checking account, was in Perugia. And, you know, it was silly because we live here. So he introduced, he's a a friend of the bank manager in town. And he (laughs) he introduced us and, you know, we had a nice chat. And a few days later, our account resided here. So he's just a nice guy. He's a nice guy to bump into, you know. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. We could actually see the town from our yard. Wow. Um, Wow. We could get down there and and see. My iPhone tells me 11 minutes. (laughs) Um, Walking? No, driving. Driving. (laughs) Driving. We have have a little Renault. Oh. uh, And and it's like curves. Yeah. And when when you go down into town, I mean, we're always bumping into someone we know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is it a walkable area where you are otherwise?
3: We're right near the St Francis trail, St Francis walked from Assisi to Gubbio and we're on the when he path. renounced
2: worldly goods and, and went off on a pilgrimage.
3: And um, <laughs> so we we are right we've walked part of it. its 50 kilometers. We have not walked the whole 50 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have we have those t- real hiking trails. It's really wonderful because when in the weather's great, we take a we take a hike, but even we just walk down our road and and we've sort of made friends with every neighbor along the road <laughs> and dogs.
0: nice and dogs and dogs <laughs> and and let me ask you, yeah on in terms of taxes, you guys are in uh, one of the seven percent
1: Umbria that's north of, it's they're all south those place no yeah oh, we're, not, we're not we're not one of those, okay, uh, okay. We haven't encountered
2: that situation yet because we just are moving here this year full time. Ah. Mm, there well, is both Italy and the United States tax worldwide income on citizens. Mm. That said, there's a double taxation treaty between the two. Right, right. So, so you get a tax credit on what you pay in the other country. Okay. Italy has a slightly higher tax rate, so we'll be responsible to pay the difference.
0: Okay. Ah. That said,
2: right, yeah. when you're living in a house that's your primary residence, you don't pay real estate taxes
1: on it. Oh, ah. nice. Unless it's really expensive, right?
3: No. If oh, you any, anything. Before, if anything. it's your primary it's residence,
1: it's called Prima Casa,
3: and,
2: first house. Okay. Okay. Wow. So,
3: and then if you think about like when while we're here when if residents here, we're not going to be paying state and local taxes, just federal taxes. So even if we have to then end up turning around and giving taxes to Italy, which is right anyway, if we're living here, sure. the, it's not like it's it's sort of a
0: wash.
2: And as citizens, we don't have to pay into the um national health service
0: okay wow. so, okay and italy has
2: one of the best universal healthcare systems in the world it's really modern efficient the doctors are highly trained there's a much higher ratio of doctors per um, patient mm-hmm. than like more than double the United yeah. States. Yeah,
0: Russia. we certainly are having an issue here in the US.
1: And and if you, you find doctors right in town or do you have to go to yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. every town has a health service building where there are a lot of, you know, there are exam rooms and labs and everything. There are we're near three hospitals. And then there's the doctor we go to spend some time uh working at the state in the state building and he's got a private office as well we're not officially enrolled in the public system yet so we visit him at his private office and the fee is kind of nominal and he i mean the first time i met him it was um it was because i was developing this allergic asthma i was coughing a lot and it was just getting hard to breathe certain times so uh I asked our architect, um, who's the best doctor? And he says, well, I go to blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So he gave me his phone number. I called his number on a Monday morning. A woman answered and said, "Uh, can you hold for a sec? I said, yeah, sure. A minute later, he gets on the phone. Wow. Which just floored me. That's unusual. That that blew my mind. Yeah. (laughs) And and then he said, he, he heard my voice and he heard me cough. Over the phone, and he said, "Oh, you have allergic asthma. Uh, <laughs> no. I come down this afternoon, and I'll check it out." Oh my! Wow, God.
1: this afternoon. Yeah,
2: That's amazing. And then amazing. you know, I go down there, and we're talking, and he said, "What language are we going to use?" He and I said, "Well, I'd rather speak Italian." And he and he said, "Oh, too bad, because I want to speak English."
0: Right, right. He wanted to <laughs> okay, practice.
2: So I said, let's do it this way. You speak English, I'll speak Italian. <laughs> he ended up speaking Italian by the end. And then oh he God. referred me to a lung specialist who was the head of pulmonary unit at the big university hospital here. The guy is semi retired. I spent an hour with him getting allergy tests and lung capacity tests. And he's like, at first, he was very kind of formal and serious. And then he was, so what did you do for a living? You're retired now, right? And I said, yeah, kind of. What did you do? I was a journalist. He said, a journalist in a big newspaper where you, the, where there might be printing presses around? And I said, no, 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 just computers. And he said, oh, good, so no toxic chemicals, so we can rule that out. Nice you know, and he, just, and then he goes, you know, I, I, um,
1: I did a stint at Mass General for wow. a couple of that is funny. And Do most doctors speak English there?
2: I don't know. I've only had experience with a couple. Okay. Let me put it this way. It doesn't occur to me to look for someone who speaks English because I speak Italian.
0: Yeah. How long have you spoken Italian? Did you grow up speaking Italian? I
2: I grew up hearing it, Mm. and I understood it, or a lot of it. But I only formally took it in um, in college because that's that's how Kathy and I met oh. because she was going to go here to okay. school, and I had just come from spending a summer with my extended family in Sicily.
0: Okay, and I okay.
2: was kind of pissed off that I didn't know the um, the grammar. <laughs> so, but I had taken you know five years of. French between middle school and Brooklyn Tech.
3: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I
2: don't know, in Brooklyn Tech, the language teachers were tough, man. <laughs> and, it, and we learned we learned a lot of um they gave us a French kids uh science textbook. So I know all the parts of the car. Oh my, <laughs> yeah. a... oh my goodness. Transmission is a wacobitis. Oh uh, my god. Anyway, once I learned once I started learning Italian. It was really easy because, you know, French and Italian are a lot alike. They have the same grammar. It's just
1: that the French do
2: weird things with
1: pronunciation.
0: Oh, it's so hard.
1: Although you you grew up listening to um, Sicilian, which is a little different than than regular Italian, right?
2: Well, it depends. You see, (laughs) there was kind of a class warfare in my family. My mother was the daughter of tenant farmers. So they spoke Sicilian of 1920 to each other. Oh my god! (laughs) But but my father came from a city family, and they spoke Italian. Ah. So I grew up hearing both.
0: And and Kathy,
3: you speak Italian,
2: obviously, right?
3: We actually met in Italian at Brooklyn College, and then um, when I first got to Perugia, there's a, a university for foreigners language school, and I took an intensive course. And um, and then making the, the key, though, is to have surround yourself with Italians, because I had two roommates who barely could speak because they didn't intermingle. And I was constantly with the this family speak and English. they didn't speak any English. So
0: ah, we had good a, immersion.
3: And that's the best way to learn is to immerse yourself with people I it, Books are nice, and it's okay for grammar, but it, you cannot really learn to speak a language if you're not with native speakers.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's great. So I have a burning question that uh, was from earlier, and I just need to get it out so I can move on. You put in a pool that took five weeks. How deep is the pool?
3: I'll give you in feet. It's about 20 by 40. Whoa feet, and it's a little over four feet deep on half and about eight feet deep on the other side, half.
1: Oh, my and God. And it's okay. a salt no, water
3: system. We don't have to do anything, but, oh. you know, they. we add salt once a month, and it, it's all automatic. The, the filter goes on and off automatically. Oh, wow. the. Uh, I mean, they set it up for us, and and just recently we we had never really we've only dealt with the pool company on by the by phone, and we went to their office and we stopped in because they're not that close to Galabrika. Well, we were greeted like you know, almost relatives. Yeah, would you like a coffee? We sat there I for an hour, oh, so and then nice. I said, "You know, they they left more chemical than we needed. You know, the the, the thing that goes with the computerized system." And they said, "Oh, well, they, when they come to close the pool, they'll they'll take it back." And I think we charged you too much to open oh. the pool. And, oh, oh
0: my! <laughs> so they're gonna come and open and close during they the. Open close and yeah, they open close. We can't do it. They
2: do it
3: whole so oh. raise a ton and okay
0: to okay and may it. I ask the next question what was the cost of the installation of the pool <laughs> we
3: haven't quite figured it out, yeah. But it's a piece of,
2: yeah
3: it was probably about out between 40 and 50 thousand
1: yeah. wow yeah <laughs> that's, that's what I I that's thought actually, it would that's actually not that bad compared to the United States well yeah. for,
0: and for the size
1: yeah yeah, yeah the yeah. size
0: of it yeah okay okay no because I want to build um I want to put in a pool too but Mine will be all three feet across, maybe four, because <laughs> I can't swim. I just want to, I yeah. want to float. Yeah. What do you mm-hmm. mean it can't be three feet? It'll be whatever I, I pay. Uh, all
2: right.
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah, um, we'll send you some pictures. So you can yeah. Do. I
3: think the, I have, saw one. i sent you one. And
2: it yeah. has ama-
3: amazing views because we're on the top of a mountain. So we right. can see the, the mountain where Assisi is. Can't see the town because it's at the base of the of the mountain, basically. But we can see that mountain, and it's just, you know, it's just. Fabulous. We're like
2: a weather station up here. We see weather fronts approaching. We can tell. <laughs> we we know when it's going to rain, and we go, oh, the wind's starting up. Yeah, okay, ten yeah. minutes.
1: Yeah, that, so that's what's very the, good? This is a nice segue into weather. Yeah. Yes. What's
0: the weather year
3: and,
1: round? And how when how long can you keep the pool open for?
3: We, we're it in September.
2: Yeah, we we keep it open from I would say the end of May to mid September. Mm-hmm. Nice.
0: We don't have a heater, so okay, okay. So it's warm enough for those months.
3: Last year, we we were in the beginning of June. This year it was colder. I mean, it, it, you can't. let climate change. Too yeah, rough. the
2: weather's temperate in the winter. It goes down to freezing at night, like around like in the lower to mid thirties. And during the day, it's in I would say the forties and fifties. Yeah, spring starts earlier, okay. But they can be spring can be cool and rainy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the summer. You know, I mean, a normal summer it's in the upper eighties to around ninety.
0: Okay. With here.
2: climate change, it's we never got heat right here. We never got into the hundreds. Oh, okay. Okay. We came close and we had very hot weather for weeks on end. Okay. Like I would say in the nineties.
3: The wow. only good thing about Italian homes is that because they're made with stone or mm-hmm. cement and you know, bricks and it's very they're cool inside if you do the shutter thing of closing the shutters in the daytime so they keep the sun out. Mm-hmm. And then Up at night, and we have ceiling fans, and that's more than enough. It's cool. People think they're in air conditioning, so that's the difference. If this were an American house made with just wood and plaster or whatever,
2: be insufferable.
0: Have to have air,
2: (laughs) and if it gets really, really hot, we get in the car and go for a drive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you don't have central air.
2: They don't have don't any, at all. At all. At all.
0: Okay. 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 I thought maybe like one of those mini splits if it's in the 90s. No, but I mean, we mm. could
3: put them in. They do have them, mm-hmm. but we haven't – and because we're up high, the town is in the valley and is always quite a few degrees warmer, mm-hmm. and then we are up here and the, but in and in the winter time we could have a little snow, not very much, but we can actually see the snow line. And we drive down towards town, and it's it's there's no more snow. So you, you know it's always cooler up here. Okay. In, and it gets and,
2: windy. We're at like on a ridge, and, yeah. and so we right right now it's really windy out. Oh, uh, wow, I, I like think that. there's going to be some change in the weather. We're going through the we had a very warm first half of October, so
1: we're going through a change now, okay. and it always announces itself. Okay. And, okay. And you talk about the town. Does, does the town have uh, some good restaurants? And what's what's in the town? Is there a hardware store? There's a hardware
2: store. <laughs> there are women's hair salon or two. Yeah. There's there's a couple of barber shops.
3: Bakeries.
2: Bakeries. A few bars. A bar, I mean cafe. In Italy, a bar is uh does everything all day. In right. the morning you get coffee and at night you get, you know, an Aperol spritz. And
3: there's a, a, a <laughs> relatively big grocery store plus a few little, little tinier ones. A pharmacy. There's, there's a butcher shop. Um there's, there's all those things that you a could pizzeria,
2: buy. Mm-hmm. a really good wine bar. Uh, that's owned by this guy who's
1: very passionate about this <laughs> wine. He's a nice guy, though. Do you do most of your shopping there or do you have to go to Perugia for some stuff?
3: It's it's not huge, huge. So, but you well, you can get certain things you need for dinner or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we'll go down there. There's also in the town right next to us a larger grocery store. Ah. Then we go to the bigger ones that are, there's... Um, Town called Colestrada, and it's got a, a huge mall, and there's a co op there, and that it's enormous. Oh, or I
2: think I, I've never been in a Walmart, but just think of it's or uh it's huge, yeah, it's it's gigantic <laughs> supermarket. <laughs> just think of Italy in New York, yeah, and yeah. just make it really, really big. Wow. Oh, wow, and then reduce the prices by at least. <laughs>
3: um even more yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, you, could
2: get, you could get truffles and you could get you know really good you could get um scallops in the shell and oh
0: man they have a fresh fish. That, that wine area how has your lifestyle changed in terms of like food shopping so you know in new york you ch- try to go like maybe once or twice a week do you like cook you know fresh daily you know some people we've heard depending on where they live in little towns they'll they'll just go walk down you know a couple of blocks and then pick up fresh food every day so they don't need a big fridge
3: we don't we do both um but we do like a a a big shopping like if we go to the co-op because we have you, you buy membership and it's really relatively nothing to do, like, especially household stuff. So and
2: once kitchens. once a month we do a really, really huge. big shopping. And then it's as we need it after that. And mm-hmm. because we
3: have two kitchens, we have two refrigerators. And then we have another... Refrigerator that we use in the summertime when we have That's to, the like,
2: drinks overflow. It's the
3: drinks for the. Drinks.
2: <laughs> That's so you nice. Know,
3: you have to put all that you know, yeah. water, wine, beer, you know. But um,
2: and this year nobody drank much.
3: No, it to was go. too hot. It
2: was too hot to drink. Oh. But too hot. To but drink. We, don't, <laughs> we
3: don't have much of a problem with that. And okay. Uh, okay, you know, as far as we can
2: go into Perugia, our main re- the main place we go to in Perugia is an Asian market because being oh. New Yorkers, you know, we have to have our fix of Chinese style or Japanese style. I'm not saying what we do is authentic, but yeah. You know, and there is a big Chinese student community in Perugia. Oh. So now there are a lot of Chinese restaurants. Oh, and, that's uh, good to know, we- Jean. And the waiters smile when you ask for a Qingdao beer. <laughs>
3: oh, wow. Italians have gotten into sushi and a lot of ethnic restaurants in yeah. Perugia. There are African restaurants and Persian restaurants. And, mm, um, yummy, yeah, yeah. yummy. Yeah, the Persian
2: one does jeweled rice. Wow. Nice. So it's, nice. not,
3: it's not the Perugia of that I, 45 years ago, when I they didn't even do
0: fresh fish because yeah. we're like yeah. You know, it's totally different. Is is the the cost of all this uh, less, much less? You would say from the U.S. Oh yeah, okay. I see you nodding. Okay, <laughs> okay.
3: Our food bill is probably half of what it was in the wow, US. wow
2: supermarket food.
3: That and even going out to a restaurant.
2: Yeah, I'll give you an example
3: mm-hmm.
2: in New York on Twelfth Street, like sort of catty corner from. Uh, from the Strand Bookstore, yeah. there's a pizzeria called the really, Balta, which yeah. is really very Italian.
1: It's very so good,
2: So two, yeah. two pizzas, two beers, and two coffees will <laughs> run you 100 bucks easy. <laughs> yeah. <Right>? The <laughs> same thing here in Perugia. That's extreme, with, though. Yeah. About
1: $30. Okay. Wow. Okay.
2: You, you know, Italians get freaked out by the idea of tipping. Like, I, I have a cousin. Who tells me he would go to New York for a visit, but he, he says he's frozen in fear at the thought of calculating a tip at the <laughs> end of each <the> meal. Because <laughs> here you don't you don't do it. You you right
3: you don't you know, tip. You, get,
2: you you go to the cash register and you tell them I'm at table twenty six or you know that table over there at the Americans, mm-hmm. and then they just oh, okay fifty two euros, and that's it. I'd say,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, no, but
3: even just uh, we had friends staying with us. We four of us went out to well pranzo for you know lunchtime big big meal, and we had literally truffle lasagna. And oh we, my had God. we had we um, had a
2: corral, a liter
3: the water. We shared they because they make a fabulous limoncello tiramisu so I, mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. and coffee, <laughs> and the, the the entire bill was 104 euros for four people.
1: Wow! wow. You don't tip on that either. No, yeah. no. Wow, because they because they make make a living wage. Is that right? Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I should mention for the audience today that it's uh, October 19th, and the dollar one euro is a dollar six. U.S. dollars, So we're basically That's the same. Even, we're, we're on par. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where is the nearest international
2: airport?
3: Well, That's about 10 minutes
2: from here. Well, there, it's a little, <laughs> there's a little. There's a
3: little one you can go to.
2: It's Spain, St. Francis Airport of Perugia. Ryan Air Flight.
3: Ryan Air Flight. Oh, wow. In England, That's you great. can go to Spain. But um, Fiumicino, uh, you know, in Rome is probably the closest. The closest.
2: And, and how far is Rome? Two and a half hours okay. by
1: driving. Okay.
2: Okay. That's about yeah. 180 kilometers. That's
3: one. Well, we only really drive to the airport to pick people up, but yeah. The train is about two and a half
0: hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Know, so okay. It, it costs about 10 euros. So oh, yeah, nice. we're
2: two hours from Florence.
0: Okay. Now right. your, your kids are in the U.S. still, or? Yeah. Okay. So when they come over, they fly into Rome, I guess?
2: Mostly. Okay.
0: Okay.
3: Sometimes Milano because uh, oh yeah, or
0: Milan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. One, one of our kids is an architect, so she likes to go into Milan and. Mm, yeah, nice. See all nice. the designing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Did she go to Brooklyn Tech? No. <laughs> or Staten Island Tech, even better.
3: No, she no. went to. Uh, a Curtis High School and has an IB diploma because they ah. have a the baccalaureate program.
0: Ah. Very nice. Very nice. She went to Parsons and Pratt. Lunch Parsons. Yeah. I went to Pratt too. Look at that. We have so much in common, <laughs> man. And I'm surprised we haven't met you folks. Okay. Okay. So um what do you miss, if anything, about New York
2: at this point? salt air. The sound of the foghorns on a cloudy day.
3: <laughs> I think it's just the people, our, our f- kids, our kids, yeah. our yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. But I don't really miss New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. My food.
3: In fact, when we're there, <laughs> there's there's a whole different the feeling of the road rage that doesn't. Yeah here. Yeah. Everybody goes, you drive in Italy. If you've driven in New York, Italy is a snap.
1: You think they, so, really?
3: Yes, because they follow
2: rules. Uh,
0: oh,
3: interesting. We can
2: always predict what an Italian's going to do. My my sister lives in the Poconos, and when we drive out there on Route 80, I was flipped out because I could never tell whether someone's going to pass me on the right or the left. <laughs> If someone passes you on the right in Italy, they deserve to die. Yeah, I mean, Nobody
1: does it. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, you're not supposed to, yeah.
0: Right, right, right. Oh, wow, that's really nice to hear because you always think of, you know, Italy as fast drivers and off the cliffs and, you know, all those little movies. And the,
2: the cities are terrible. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you couldn't pay me to drive in Rome.
0: Yeah, I've yeah. i oh, yeah. it.
2: And, you know, I've just been like, oh, ah, let's now.
0: <laughs> you now. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Okay. And here driving, It's there's only 900,000 people in all of Umbria. Mm-hmm. So what they call traffic, we laugh because it's like is at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's, <laughs> you know, that's a good one. It, yeah. It's just... We go months without a traffic light. They have a lot of rotaries, so it's, it flows. Everybody knows what to do with a see
0: right.
2: Do you know they tried one, a rotary, on Staten Island, and people drove in the wrong direction?
0: <laughs> no. No way. No. Yeah. Where? Where was this? On awesome.
2: the South Shore somewhere. Oh, my That's so God.
0: Funny. That's insane. You know,
2: I know, we could say this because we're Italian-American, but we, we call, like, south of the expressway, Soprano Land.
0: <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. That is so funny. Right. That's a really good one. <laughs>
2: That's so, so funny. So
0: I, I also you? want to know, are there many expats by you?
2: I know of one in the town. Oh. Because my barber asked me if I knew him. <laughs> His name is Sal. Okay. And okay. I said, no, he contacted me on Facebook. But we've never met.
3: And then we have <laughs> a fairly famous musician down the road, who was is American, but left the United States you know, years and years ago. In his twenties. And he lives in Switzerland, and he bought a house here.
2: He's a famous lute player. He records under the name Crawford Young.
3: But any, anyway, <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, And we have a bunch of friends in Perugia who are. Expats, but long people who've lived in Peru to 20, 30 years, and most of them aren't American. Mm. They're Dutch or British Australia. or Aussies.
1: so it's very international. Yeah. So you have a lot of Italian friends.
3: A lot yeah. of Italian yeah. friends.
1: Yeah, especially that's if great. you
0: speak it. That's, that's really great. good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I-
3: choosing to live in a country, wherever, whatever country, you need to learn the language. Yeah. 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 Because otherwise you're always an a total outsider, yeah, and you miss out on the joys of living in that country, so it depends on, but it doesn't matter. France,
2: Italians are really funny, they diss each other all the time, yeah, and yeah. it's just a riot to hear them yeah. talk among themselves.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is, must be nice, like, yeah, <laughs> you see you, a fly on the wall. If
1: you don't yeah. know what that you miss out on, all that I figured I that, know, yeah. I know, yeah. I that's... mean,
0: for us, we'd have to go to one of those, um. Italian-American clubs in Diker Heights, you know? (laughs) And uh, can you imagine me walking in there? Although they're used to us. That's not happening um, anyway. Yeah. But we have a friend who has a podcast also called Affordable Italy, which is what made me think about the 7%. And she's dying to move to Italy, um, but she's looking at... One of those seven uh, percent towns. Who knows? But things are changing, like you said, with the governments, and a lot of people are nervous. Her Facebook group has really grown. People yeah. are panicking. You know, go now, go now. I, I was or- going
1: to say it's not just a podcast affordability. It's it's a Facebook group affordability, and it's really great information on there. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so here's to Nancy Steele, who's presently traveling in Luca, and uh, she was somewhere else yesterday, but she's all over and. Yeah, she was in Puglia. But uh, at the end of the day, she might just uh, come knocking on your door, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. But they're in Denver, Colorado for now. Yeah. We love them. We love yeah. them. Okay.
1: So so what did your kids think about you moving permanently to Italy? Well,
3: one's okay with it. and One isn't really okay with it, but she's getting there. Yeah. Um, and um, that's because... Um, when we made this decision to do this, they were both single and boyfriends, whatever. But so, and then mm. the older one got married and has ha- had a baby. When we decided to do this, she was <laughs> single. <laughs> so, but the the uh, the da- the upside is that she and her husband have taken over our house on Staten Island. So that was mm. sort of they were living in Bay Ridge. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of eased the blow. A ah. <laughs> and she oh. said,
2: "She said you don't let real estate leave New York. Real estate leave the family."
3: <laughs> <laughs> and we FaceTime all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's it, nice. It's a little different now because you can really be connected. Yeah, easily, and that you know, in a way that you couldn't years ago. Right. And, right. Um, It didn't come this year because the baby hadn't been vaccinated for Mm -hmm. COVID. And um, now that he is, they'll probably come next year. And our other daughter's coming on Sunday. So Monday. Monday. Okay. Sorry. Okay.
1: Oh, that's great. So,
3: yeah, that's really nice.
1: Do you think you'll be living in Italy the rest of your lives? Totsi.
3: Life is too unpredictable to just dis- to make a statement blanket statement
2: mm-hmm.
3: we're here for now maybe maybe 10 years from now I maybe we won't be who you know it's just yeah so you know we, we're open to whatever happens happens you know it's just for now we're happy we're we're enjoying it it's, it's fun to live here so
2: the thing is every time when we were doing the five months here seven months there or whatever every time we went back the united states seemed a little stranger to us yeah like like one time we were away for five months and we get we go back to new york and all of a sudden everyone's driving around in pickup trucks and driving them like crazed romans you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you see, we, you know, we look at the local paper, SI Live, which is, I mean. Yeah, yeah, SI Live. That night I'm a fans, fans,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, we're always seeing these accidents, and they're usually driven, you know, people in huge SUVs who do really stupid things. Yeah. Like Drive on star fronts.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I
2: don't know, there just seems to be a little psychological weirdness yeah. going on. Yeah,
0: I think the world is, has yeah. certainly changed, especially since COVID. Things have really changed, I think. And
2: it feels I don't know. Calm here, too, thing, which is weird. When Italy feels calmer than the United States, mm-hmm. you know something. So
3: it's, it just seems like, unfortunately, Americans seem, or New Yorkers, I can't speak for the rest of the country. Seem, there's like this anger and anxiety and they're, they're hyper and belligerent. And, and it's not like that here. So we're so mm-hmm. used to people. In, if you're walking in a park in New York, if we take the dog for a walk in in, in on Staten Island in the park, and you see people, they just look at you and they walk by. <laughs> here, people, will, they don't know you, but they will say hello. You yeah. know, it's just a different feeling there isn't there isn't this anger or hostility or it just is a different
2: our dog is like such a magnet we get all sorts of people bending down to pet him and (laughs) And what he's t- so nice t- to them. Yeah. a
3: But we take him everywhere. We go to um, restaurants. You take the dog. It's totally okay. The, one of the grocery stores have has special carts, so you can put the dog in the cart, and you. Oh. you know, oh. It's <laughs> just. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> You know, like, and you go everywhere with the, with the very few places they're not
0: allowed. That's so it's, interesting. So you don't have to look for signs or anything. It's just automatically. So Italy's,
1: Italy's clearly a dog-friendly place, huh?
0: Very, yeah,
3: and very it good.
2: didn't used to be that way.
3: Not as much, but now yeah. it's like, it, I think it's because the birth rate is so low that there's no children.
1: <laughs> 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 the dogs are taking okay. over for the baby. Okay, I
0: remember now. When you guys moved, and I think I may have seen this on your blog, you said that 30 boxes of stuff arrived. And yeah. so were you guys living there without these items for a while? And is that all you've moved? We only moved personal items, books and, and books,
3: clothing, some uh, my, dishes and things. Some
2: of my clips.
3: And, um Things, personal items. We did not move any furniture because when we bought the house, we we bought furniture. We furnished the house, so we did not bring any. It it costs more to ship the furniture than to buy new furniture.
0: So yeah,
2: not, um, you can't send appliances because the uh, voltage is different. Sure, yeah.
0: right, right.
2: You can't you can't ship cars over. You can, but then you will spend. Yeah, years hunt. and year, a night nightmare.
3: So yeah, so that's what we we, we just shipped you know, personal items and and things that I like. I Witcher packed up a juice so winter clothes and when well, mm-hmm. i so they arrived. It took months, so it's not like you know because they ship by ship. Yeah, if you ship by air, forget it. You can, yeah, you can go yeah. Out.
0: yeah, yeah, and. What are those charges like when they ship by um, you you have ship. To by figure ship?
3: I think you're about $100 a box.
0: Okay, okay. I and mean,
3: these are the rule of thumb. It depends on the size of the box. And, yeah,
0: yeah. But and, um, and was it hard for you guys to declutter all those years? I mean, you left behind the house, so you could have left behind a lot of stuff, right, for your daughter.
3: I, we have the best son-in-law in the face of the planet. <laughs> He's taken paternity leave and he and I, because I we were here in May, but I went back in June and he and I spent two weeks with and two dumpsters. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: He is a phenomenal and we cleaned out that house. Wow. Had,
1: you know,
3: we had done some decluttering all along. Yeah. I had done and he is a powerhouse. He's phenomenal. He's such a good guy. And he was going to oh, take lucky three you three months off. And then he got a new job and he ended up with only three weeks. And two of those was helping me uh, declutter the house. Oh, wow. so
0: nice. Very nice. So you didn't have to say, here, there, here's our, here are things that we're not sure what we want to do with, leave it in the garage. You actually cleaned house. You said you had two boxes. Well, we still have a few
3: things in the garage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well,
3: Anthony was scanning family photos because okay. we weren't ship those. Yeah. And my father was the photographer, so on top oh. of all, oh, there okay. were boxes and boxes. So he's about two thirds of the way through, and mm-hmm. that, there's a bunch at Christmas when we go back. we the finish up. It we're is. not going to ship. Uh, you know, it would have been another thirty boxes of pictures.
0: Yeah. It, wow. Yeah. Yeah my father also was an amateur photographer so there were all these black and whites yeah, that he much. developed and on the back he would write fx you know all those whatever codes and then we found we we thought they were so precious so of course we kept every shot and now I'm starting to scan Anthony, I don't know what you're using. I got an Epson 680. It's amazing. You can feed like 50 photos or whatever and it comes yeah, out nice and clear. Thing.
2: And I just, you know, fed them. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and now, now for fun, when I'm really bored, I plug my little uh disc in and um I fix them, the pictures in Photoshop.
0: Yeah. I know. So a lot of
2: you no, know, a lot of the color is yeah. you know, my friend says. Drain, and Photoshop has an auto-color thing. Yeah, that it's
0: a, Photoshop's amazing, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. just like,
3: whoa. But, and then right. I was converting all the VHS tapes, oh. but it has to be done in real time, so I'm not quite finished with that. But I'm surprised after 35 years, these yeah. tapes of the kids um, are still doing that, so I've been converting those into uh, on Yeah, the from
2: about 2000 on we used digital cameras oh. so that part was fine i'd completely forgotten what our life looked like before then yeah <laughs> and then by scanning i got reacquainted with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i'll say i'll say two things one is digitizing all this stuff can be a lifetime project and number two when we didn't have digital cameras do you remember we had maybe was it 35, 36 photos that you can get in a role? And you were more careful about Ooh. the photos you took because you didn't want to run out, right? Not so it'd be father. like, yeah, it'd be uh, like not a hey, father. <laughs> oh, really? You know, well, he's a photographer, right? So so you're like, okay, stand still, don't move, smile, and you would do all that. Now it's like you take 20 shots or you do that little stupid, what is that, blur, whatever, where you take like, you know, 20 shots in a second, and then yeah. You have all this data that's being charged, like Google's, you know, getting money from me. Apple's getting money from me. And I've tried to put everything together. And I can't tell you how many times I've looked at our trip to Paris photos. I'm like, oh, so sick of them. I don't think I ever need them again. So we uh,
2: we had our um, our older kid when she was almost old, uh, we put her on. I was working at the National Law Journal, and we put her on the cover because one of the reporters did a story on lawyers who were selling kids, acting as intermediaries. Oh, yeah. So we posed her in my boss's big <laughs> case with phony, phony money. Oh, my I God. We came across all the outtakes. I mean, the the picture on the cover was nice enough. But the outtakes were hilarious. Yeah, I'll oh, bet. Wow. She was really into it. Oh, and my God. She was God. doing things like throwing the coins up in the air and saying,
0: Money. <laughs> how old was she? Yeah. She was a year old. She was, oh, oh. oh, how cute. How cute. That's
1: so funny. Now, that's a treasure. Do you have any advice you would give to anyone moving to Italy or anywhere else? Oh, boy.
3: You know when I a, a friend of ours did when when I thought it was very smart. He was starting to look, and then he decided because you can stay ninety days without a visa. Yeah, sure, right. He did three Airbnbs renting in three different parts of Umbria. So he did a month in in Spello, a month near Lago Trasimeno, a month close to Tuscan border. To get a feel for what area he wanted to, be. he knew he wanted to be in Umbria, and then he decided on and he bought a house near Cz in in that the area of the where the first rental was, and because he decided he liked that area the best, and I I think that that's renting before you buy rent or do an Airbnb and see do I like this mm. because then it's there's no no loss you can't and it's not
2: just the place you really should you should be culturally aware as much as you can like see what the people are like see how they behave toward each other and to you i mean there's a really funny saturday night live skit where um they Make fun of Perillo tours.
1: Oh, I saw and, that. Oh my god, yeah, it's so goes, funny! <laughs>
2: if you're sad in America, you're going to be <laughs> sad in yeah. Italy. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're the same person, you know. Like, yeah. I, I know this is true for Italy that you know because of under the Tuscan sun and blah blah. That's <laughs> that's why I did name my blog. <laughs> but because of that, there's this unrealistic idea that you move here and your life is going to be you know, Chianti and sunsets and slow walks through vineyards and stuff. I mean, you have to go shopping. You have to buy a car. You They're... have to
3: deal with bureaucracy that mm-hmm. they couldn't believe when we bought our car. I said, well, uh, well my uh, my old car died. I walked into the showroom and said, what could you do for me? And with trade, and I went home with a new car. And, and four hours later, they said, how could you do that? I mean, the paperwork, even our dog, the paperwork for getting a dog here is phenomenal. <laughs> uh, it's <he's> still <laughs> registering and, and it, it's, it's a whole
2: He's registered, but they haven't transferred ownership yet to us. What? And then, <laughs> oh God. and then once that's done, we have to get a doggy passport and we have to get it vaccinated against rabies because there's no rabies in Italy. So to
3: bring him back to the yeah. States. But the point is that huge bureaucracy here. So dealing with things that normally we can do relatively easily in the United States, you have to be patient. You have to understand yeah. this culture. And, you know, even Italians complain about it. So but you can't just um, expect. Things to be if you want it to be like the United States, then stay in the United States. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know that's the bottom yeah. line. You have to go with the flow and understand that this is how things are done.
2: And if not, bring Xanax.
3: And it just <laughs> yeah, Xanax and, will do it. And <laughs> any product you can get on Amazon, so don't worry if you can't find something. In but the it's system.
2: really you know just kind of be aware of what the culture is like, people. You know people look the same and that like, you know, the 20 somethings here look like they could be walking around in Williamsburg. Yeah. They do kind of differently. Yeah. 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 Expectations of life. So you have to be aware of that. Right.
0: Right. Right. I wanted to also add, I want to correct myself. And earlier I had read from a, um, uh, an Italian law firm that in 2022, the law extended the list of eligible places where you can move for the purposes of the 7% tax program. To take advantage of this tax rate, originally, you'll need to get residency in one of Italy's so-called Mezzogiorno regions or some other qualifying villages in Lazio, Marche, or Umbria. So I didn't even know about that, that you, I mean, to get residency there And then you can move on. So I don't know. I'm just, you know, like confused. But I am sure Nancy Steele will correct me later on because they did have an episode with an Italian uh, attorney who will explain it all. So there's a lot of changes is all I'm trying to say to everyone. Yeah,
2: I mean, there was a change in government last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It went from being sort of a center left government to being what the press calls a hard right government you can't really see any difference on the street and the prime minister who's actually a woman has been very smart and like she's not like she's she's not a braggart she's not loud. she's you know she doesn't whip people up for the sake of it when they changed government you know she went into the outgoing prime minister's office. They had lunch. They shook hands. He gave her a list of things to watch out for. And they said, oh, everything's fine. You know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's common.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's fabulous. Okay. Oh, and
2: then the opposition leader is... Also a woman? Also a woman. A lesbian triple citizen. Whoa, there we go. And, and when she got you know, uh, to be the head of the Democratic Party, she went went into the right-wing prime minister's office. They had lunch together. They agreed to disagree. And then they both, they gave a press conference and they said, yeah, you know, we're at opposite ends of the political spectrum, but isn't it a kick that the two most powerful politicians in Italy are women?
0: That's so cool. Yeah.
1: Just like here.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So we've been talking to to Anthony and Kathy, and their blog is not a year, not in Tuscany.com. Is that correct?
0: Yep. Yeah. And you guys should check it out. It's got some really interesting and good information and very comfortable reading, I would say. So I think anyone can enjoy it. And all right. So on that note, um, guys, have we left anything out?
2: I don't think so. I think we talk too much, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I can see the four of us. Yeah, I I can see the four of us hanging around. (laughs) We will, we will. We will make it over to Umbria. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Really appreciate it. it. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode.